Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Undiscovered Worlds. I am Ryan. That over there is Maria. Guys, today is all about the beach. So uh, it's about to be beach season. Okay, if you're in Australia or, or, or Brazil or <laughs> Uruguay, you're coming out of beach season for sure if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. But you can maybe remember all the fun times you had over the beach season. Um, but we had a suggestion. Someone picked beach, so we're, we're doing beach. Um, Why not? Yeah, I thought it'd be fun. So if you guys are coming to the show for possibly the first time, basically the way it breaks down is we pick a topic or we take a suggestion for a topic. We scour the internet for all the fun stuff that we can find about said topic. We put it on a Word document and uh, we each kind of come here and talk about what we found. Um, and we kind of come from different angles. So it always ends up being interesting to see what Maria picked and what I picked. Um, Mar, do you want to you wanna get us started? So I just want to add to what you said about the beach season, because it's interesting in uh, a lot of people from the north, as it starts getting colder, comes to Florida, because although the beach water gets cold in January and February, November is still a good time for beach goers. And like no, the November, December is really good time. So Florida, actually, the best time to be here is around November to maybe April. So it's a good time to do a, a beach video okay so we'll, we'll we'll add it to the list then australia brazil uruguay and florida now is on the uh the beachy theme <laughs> <list. laughs> california you would not want to be near the beaches right about now it's going to get a little cold so uh and then it's just going to get colder but that's okay i love the beach i grew up on the beach i couldn't not do a video very early in this series without doing the beach so here we are yes and since i'm about to say something and you said something about california uh, the Beach Boys, when you think of the beach, I always think of the Beach Boys. Okay. For some reason, you just surfers and things like that. But interestingly enough, only one member of the Beach Boys actually knew how to surf, and that was Dennis Wilson. He was the only member of the Beach Boys. And I wish we would have saved this for later. Usually our big no-no is to tell stories at the very beginning of the episode, but I can't not do it here. My dad actually went to high school with the Beach Boys. They went to Hawthorne High. And uh, my dad was actually in uh, in the same year as, as a few of them. So uh, the Beach Boys are definitely uh, part of my growing up culture because they went to the local high school. Um, okay, I'm going to go a little further back in time, guys. You guys have uh, heard of Troy, probably heard of Odysseus, played by Brad Pitt in, uh, in the movie Troy. Uh, apparently, there was a prophecy during that invasion that the first Greek that stepped on Trojan soil would die. So they took the boats and they landed. And of course, Odysseus was expected to be leading the people onto the beach. So he got a little creative. He threw his shield down on the sand and then jumped on his shield. So technically he was not the first person to touch the soil. It was the guy that followed immediately after him. <laughs> Clever, sneaky. <laughs> Wow. I have something very interesting about um, history, actually, that okay. allowed us to understand waves and the ocean and the function of the ocean. So in 1992, there was a crate with 28,000 rubber duckies. Okay. So imagine the rubber duckies that people like to, to uh, swim with or children enjoy uh, and all their bath toys. Okay. And uh, this cargo ship um, actually basically ended up spilling all these rubber duckies 
and other uh, toys. And it happened that 20, within like more than 20 years later, people were still finding these duckies and things like that. And what they found out is those duckies and where they landed in the different beaches they were found actually helped scientists understand currents and current flows and all that fun stuff. So it revolutionized our understanding of ocean currents. Okay. So if you guys have been to several different beaches around the world, if you're not just your local beach area, you've probably noticed that some beaches are rock, some are fine sand, some are black, some are, there's actually a green beach out there also. Um, but there's reasons for why beaches develop the way they develop. And the size of the sediment is actually based on the indication of the waves and the wind energy in the area. So shorelines that are protected um, basically will have finer sand because if wind comes in, you get strong wind currents, it's gonna blow away all the finer sand. So if you're in a cove or you're somehow pocketed from the wind, that's where like the softest, finest sand is because it doesn't get blown away, the kind of that top layer. And then the sand itself, depending on the color, it's just depending on what it got made out of. Most of us don't realize that sand is just ground up rock. So like in, I know in Philippines where I was there on the north side of Bali, uh, there's black sand beaches. In Hawaii, there's black sand beaches. And it's usually because it's volcanic rock, that dark black rock, once it comes out as magma, then it turns black. Mm -hmm. That's what got ground up over time and ended up making the beach. So it's mm -hmm. the source. Um, and the green one was actually a volcanic rock, but it had a specific mineral in it um, called olivine. So you get, it's either dead coral or rock. And the dead coral beaches are the ones that are super, super white. So those beaches got created by coral instead of rock over time. So that's why you get all the differentiations. And I love how uh, different fish, and it's a fact I have somewhere uh, further down of... Um, the parrotfish here, I found it. The parrotfish eats coral and it digests it, breaks it down. And literally what you get is sand. Releases so, so many small islands in the Caribbean literally were made by the release of the parrotfish eating coral. So you're okay. welcome. Thank you, parrotfish, for building the beautiful Caribbean sands. So, so the, the most expensive coffee and the most beautiful beaches were uh, released material by animals uh, for humans to then enjoy. Okay. Okay, I like it. Um, you've heard of method acting, right, Maria? Where actors like put a pebble in their shoe if they're supposed to have a limp and stuff like that. So apparently there's also method writing. So the writer for Castaway decided to deliberately strand himself on an isolated beach in the Sea of Cortez so he could get a feel for what it was like and get his inspiration before he wrote the, the famous uh, Tom Hanks movie, Castaway. And while he was there, a volleyball actually washed ashore, which is where the idea for Wilson came from in the movie because it actually happened to him. But while he was there, he's able to kind of teach himself and force himself to search for water and food and shelter and get a real feel for like, what would this actually be like? Cause you can't write what you don't know. And when you're talking about Castaway, you almost have to do it. I'm not a fan of method acting necessarily, but method writing, I don't know. I, I might be into it now. That I That is actually very interesting because even the creators of different cartoons, they have to experience 
how the movement feels. So when they did Moana, they actually went and looked at the waves and, and even the hair of uh, the Maoris just to kind of get a feeling of how to literally portray the movements. Yeah. So it's just even more than that. It, it really goes above and beyond. Yeah, once you get an animation, it's a whole extra level because now you're trying to like computer-generated characters need, seem to have to be able to convey these aspects that you can't really do uh, the, the same sun way. wave, the, the reaction when, and and that's why you get nowadays even more impressive cartoonists and and they even had to do for the waves for Moana, they had to come up with a whole different algorithm, like they had to come up with different forms. Mm -hmm. That actually became extremely revolutionary. Okay. So nice. They had to go to the beach and literally color that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Not a bad life. Not a bad life. Well, stranded on island actually is a bad life. Chilling at the beaches in, in uh by Maori cultures, uh, exploring the waves and stuff and ideas, not a bad life. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. You're my up. turn. Yeah. Okay, so in nineteen nineteen. In 2015, uh, we're, um, we're now getting into, thank goodness, we're getting into an era where we're becoming better at recycling and we're becoming better at taking care of our oceans and we're finding machines that are picking up trash and things like that. And we're seeing nowadays more recyclable uh, materials and T-shirts. If you go to uh, nowadays to many aquariums, they actually will sell you T-shirts made out of recycled bottles. Okay. So that's pretty cool when you do that. Um, but in 2015, Adidas went further and released a shoe made entirely from ocean trash, including gill nets and beach litter. And the company started uh, stated that there is no shortage of material to produce this line. Mm -hmm. That's the sad part. Mm-hmm. Oh, so uh, anybody from California will probably know this. So I talked about growing up in Hawthorne for the Beach Boys. Uh, well, right, basically Hawthorne is just inland from Manhattan Beach, Redondo Beach. Those are kind of the closest beaches, El Porto. Well, Redondo Beach in 1983 passed a resolution to adopt a new official bird. Maria, would you like to take a guess at what the new official bird became in Redondo Beach in 1983. So he's not a seagull. I'm gonna go with a seagull just because it sounds basic. All right, because usually we save these for uh, towards the end of the show for the trivia section. But this is your time to take your guesses. Um, and then I'm gonna give Maria some hints if she doesn't pick them up right away and see if we can get her closer. Or you guys can yell at the screen if you know the answer and she just can't figure it out or I can't figure it out when it's my turn on the quizzes because these happen a lot um it's a very very slow moving not animal not animal slow moving yes slow it's not gonna be a uh crack and those move fast slow moving yes snail will be slow moving but it is an animal so it is like a mythological creature I'll let you off the hook. In 1983, Redondo Beach wanted to uh, nominate a new bird. They put out uh, voting to everybody, and the Goodyear blimp was nominated to be the official bird of Redondo Beach. A bird. So when the you Goodyear said it wasn't real, here I thought, okay, how can you choose a bird that is a slug or 
Like to me, oh, I'm, I started going way, but it makes well, sense because a blimp, come on. <laughs> well, I mean, that the home base for uh, Goodyear blimp, it's not in Redondo. It's really close to that. I think it might be in Torrance or something. So they see it all the time. Um, and if you're kind of on the beach, seagulls do get annoying after a while. So you probably wouldn't uh, think of them fondly enough to make them your, your city's bird. Um, so to me, that actually makes sense. But I, I thought it was absolutely because we've talked about this in the past on, on other episodes or over on, um, yeah, previous episodes, how you're in Michigan, the state bird was what the mosquito. <laughs> yeah. And then I joked how in, in Vegas, the state bird was the crane, meaning the construction crane, because they were always building stuff. So it seems like the state or city bird is always like some funky twists. So I thought that'd be fun to do as a crane. Love that. Yeah, I don't know why I went to a Kraken or something, but I'm like, okay, but it's not real. Then I'm like, okay, it's, it's flying in the ocean. Well, I'm going to go with that. Okay. I'm going to go with that. All right. What do we do myself? So speaking of amazing things, uh, a lot of people have found, like you see a lot of people with their, the beach, they have their metal detectors and some people have found some really, really cool things. Well, one guy... Um, was working at the beach and he lost his friend's tool. Like okay. the ocean just took it away. So he went looking for for his friend's tool and he actually ended up finding an axe um, in a beach in Scotland, found a paleolithic axe head that could be 450,000 years old. Wow. Okay. I was going to make an axe body spray joke there and then it got really impressive and I just <laughs> Oh wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's see. Oh, this is interesting. So in 1965, there was a four-year-old who nearly drowned at a beach, and he was rescued by a woman named Alice Blaise. Nine years later, so he was four when it happened. Nine years later, so he's 13. The boy saved a man at the same beach. And the man ended up being Alice's husband. So talk about like almost instant karma turnaround there. Like it was, she saves him nine years later. She, he saves her husband. I got goosebumps. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Actually, we have a, a, a video in our old format in this channel that was uh, about coincidences. And one of those coincidences was these kids were, they took a picture of these kids in the 80s. Um, and you know, they're at the beach, they're playing and whatever. And the picture captures some other family, random family around. Well, those kids that were capturing the picture, the one, the family who took the picture and the kid behind, they ended up getting married, but they didn't know until they were looking through pictures, like family pictures for the wedding. Yeah. I actually read, and it's coming up guys. I think it's about two episodes away from now. We've got a Disney video coming up. But I read basically the same thing at Disney. Like there was some, there was a guy who has a photo at Disney in front of the castle or something like that. And his wife is in the photo, his future wife. And she wasn't even from the United States. Like they weren't even from that region. They both traveled to go to Disney on that particular day at that particular time. And they're both in each other's photos. And I think what makes both those stories so interesting is we have to remember this was before smartphones. Nowadays, we take photos of everything because our phones are always handy. But back then, you had to have a camera and film and pay to get it developed. So you weren't snapping photos of just absolutely everything around you. So, like, the chances of that happening 
now are much higher, even though it's still really small. But so hopefully, uh, if you guys are curious about more fun Disney stuff, you guys can chime in in uh, two more episodes, I think, is when the Disney video is coming out. Um, let's see. Okay. <laughs> I like how you read before you, you laugh before you. <laughs> so in 1948, a guy dressed up, he wore 30 pound, three toed lead shoes. So basically he created these 30 pound, three toed lead shoes. And he stomped around a Florida beach at night in 1948. And the footprints led people to believe that there was like a 15 foot tall penguin roaming the land so since maria loves her cryptids and we talk a lot about this on the animal channel essentially he created his own cryptid by creating his own 30 pound shoes no he kept the prank going for 10 years visiting other beaches before <laughs> the host was finally and it was revealed 40 years later so he did it for 10 years but didn't give up the the secret until 30 more years after the last time he did it <laughs> my hero <laughs> wow i thought that was awesome <laughs> that is pretty cool speaking of bizarre things that happen in the beach at the beach uh there was actually a beach that got stolen stolen who steals a beach and it's not like there was a property and somebody took the property away no actually in 2008 in jamaica somebody stole all the sand so 500 truckloads of sand remained missing like somebody just went at night and picked up and i'd come across this also and it was over time it's not like they did 500 truckloads in one day but regardless <sighs> how do you at some point you kind of go okay we don't usually it's tide that takes sand away so you can kind of explain oh we're losing beach because of the tide and stuff like that there's be a certain point where somebody goes okay this can't just be the tide mm -hmm. and i keep seeing a truck here for some reason I'm like afraid to go wherever that was because the police presence and stuff must be null and void if you don't notice 500 loads of trucks of sand of somebody taking it. And I couldn't figure out where they took it to. That was my next question. I was like, why did they need it? And where was it going? It could have gone to actually make another beach. Possibly, or someone's backyard. I, I don't know, but that was my. But I couldn't find the information as far as where the sand went because that was my immediate. Yeah, because there are like many places in Cancun that the beaches are made. They're not designed yeah. that beautifully. The mm -hmm. ties are too strong, so they're constantly making yeah. new. You know, making the beach. But I was baffled by that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, when I came across that, that was hilarious. Um, okay, let's see. Oh. Well, you talk about making beaches. I don't know if this is excessive or romantic. You guys can vote. Go ahead in the comments. Excessive or romantic on this one. So Mark Anthony, the uh, the better half, other half, secondary half of the uh, Cleopatra-Mark Anthony pairing, uh, brought sand from Egypt to Turkey. Not Mark Anthony the singer, by the way. No, 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 no. Or then how would Cleopatra work in here? Um, <laughs> no, no, because when you started talking about Mark Anthony, ah, I thought okay. you were going to talk, the better half, the other half. I'm like, is he going to say okay. J-Lo's ex-husband? Or where okay. is he going with this? Okay, so imagine like a historic version of Mark Anthony and J-Lo, but this is Mark Anthony and Cleopatra. And, and imagine this isn't the United States or Florida. Um, we're now talking about Turkey. So they're vacationing okay. in Turkey and Cleopatra didn't 
she wasn't satisfied with the beaches or the sand. Like we said, different beaches have different pebbles, different colors. Some are big, some are small. Um, so Mark Anthony actually had the sand brought from Egypt to create the beach in Turkey. And the island they were on, Sadir, is actually now known as Cleopatra's Island for exactly that reason. Now, mind you guys, there was no like dredgers and boats and stuff back then. Like someone had to shovel sand onto a barge and then go to Turkey and dump it off and do that. I don't know how many times so she could enjoy the beach properly. That's love. Or like know, you said, I don't like know that Jayla would have been that uppity, like demanding like her own beach brought over from another place that then again, she didn't demand it. He did it because he cared. We're going to go with that. <laughs> What do we know? But there is something really cool. This was very cool. I mean, it's sad that there is so much pollution that there are actually beaches around the world that they're literally known for being trash beaches. Yes. So they actually did a cleanup in um, uh, in Mumbai. It was the worst largest beach cleanup in Mumbai's Versova Beach. Uh, and they actually found, after they cleaned it up, that these particular turtles started going back to lay their eggs there. Yeah. For I, the first time I, in 20 years. So it shows you the impact that yeah. this has. Yeah. But Mumbai's beaches, India's beaches in general, I mean, there's a couple areas that are really nice. But Mumbai, the big cities are usually, are uh, several big cities are by the water. And, oh, God, their beaches are disgusting. They're just, they're so, so bad. It's just littered, trash, just absolutely horrible. And that's, that's a fantastic story of like, you can make a difference if you put out the effort to actually do it. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so there's a beach in the Maldives. You guys have probably seen photos of this. It's a pretty popular thumbnail that actually glows blue at night with the tide. I didn't dig any further into it, but I'm assuming it's, it's, um, it's animals within the tide that have the um, bio- It's an algae. It's yeah, an algae that reacts. It's so beautiful to see. Is that the blue, though? I know that's why it's colored in, in Florida and other locations. It is it, it's a blue bioalescent algae in Maldives also? Okay. I assume so. I, it's a plankton or, or an algae. Yeah, I think it's a plankton. That's why I didn't think it was an algae. I think it's a blue plankton, a bioluminescent plankton there. But I couldn't Yeah, it's a microscopic algae. Okay. I tell you guys, if you ever have a chance to, to see it, like I've seen it in Florida once. There are different areas and different times of the year where they do it. It has to be warm weather. The, the water has to be warm for these algae to bloom, these microorganisms to bloom. And they will react. Like you can throw a hose or move a stick or something. And it is like in the movie. I'm going to refer back to the movie Moana. When they show it, that's how it looks. Like it's just phenomenal. One of the nice. most beautiful things you'll ever see. Very nice. So uh, there was a company who gave away large areas of wastelands on Huntington Beach for customers who brought their encyclopedic books. And if uh, it was found later, and these were wastelands, okay? It was found later that those lands had large oil reserves. So these people, if they kept these beaches, I mean, they kept these properties. Yeah, they Sorry. made a whole lot of money. I actually know exactly where those are because um, I, I spent time in Orange County. And it's not only is it that, they're they're only like a block off the beach to begin with. But you have to remember, so my teacher when I was in high school bought land in like Dana Point on the bluffs and the cliffs and stuff. And those properties are all like million dollar properties now. 
But when he bought it was in, I'm just going to do quick math. It was probably in the early 60s or something like that. Uh, maybe the late 60s. Nobody wanted to, that wasn't like a hot spot. Today we think of like beaches. That's where all the expensive stuff is. That's where the hotels are. It's a recent trend. He bought his property in Dana Point on the Bluffs for super duper duper cheap. So even though this is like one block off the water in Huntington Beach, you would like, well, even if it was wasteland, why would you ever give that away? It's valuable onto itself. That piece of property is probably worth a million dollars now with nothing on it, even without the oil. It wasn't that case back then. So that's, it's super unfortunate on two fronts uh, because of the oil and <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, did you know actually in Miami, they've made it illegal for the hotels to give out plastic straws now. The beachfront hotels, it's illegal to give out plastic straws in Miami. They actually now came up with plastic, with straws that are biodegradable. So okay. many beach, actually it's becoming a nicer trend around the world that cups and things they give you, they have to be biodegradable. Mm -hmm. Because okay. the thing is, you can be the cleanest person. Look, I was at the beach a couple of days ago and I didn't notice that my hat, I took my hat off and I dropped it behind me and I literally thought that it had landed between me and, and the edge of the boat and yeah. he ended up falling in the water and I didn't notice. So it's very easy for the wind gusts to take your hat or, yeah. or a bottle of, of any sort. So they're actually turning everything to be biodegradable and especially straws because even though it doesn't seem to be that big of a deal, when the waves are moving really harshly, they can actually harm animals. Well, it's plastic and it adds up over time too because the amount of straws that given get given out on Miami Beach since it's such a uh, popular party location. And then when people are drunk and they're partying on the beach, the last thing they're thinking about is what's going on with their straws. So that makes sense. Yes. Do you have any more fun facts you want to share with us before we start heading out? Um, I, I just love that there are people who actually go to the beach and they grab, uh, they put uh, lightning poles so that lightning will actually hit the sand and they will turn, it will make different types of glass called fulgurite. So, and it forms in twisted tube shapes and really fun shapes. And some I, people I like to do that. Very dangerous. So don't do it uh, if yeah. you don't know what you're doing. It was in a uh, movie. I think it was Sweet Home Alabama. It was a reach yes. movie and they did that. I always thought that was really cool. Uh, so we did one quiz in the middle of the show. I only have one quiz on our way out, Maria. Do you have any quizzes? No, nope, I don't. All right, I'll ask mine and then we'll, we'll go from there. So what was the largest beach concert ever held? And you can either name the artist or the location. Largest... I mean, technically, I got artist location and, like, year and date. So you can take a guess at any one of those three if you want to. I don't know. Like, Kenny Chesney likes to do his uh, concerts at the beach, and he's just packed. And same thing with uh, uh, Jimmy Buffett. And their okay. concerts are crazy. So let's break it down a little bit. If you were going to have a concert with like the most people in general, what day of the year do you think are, are the biggest concerts if you had to pick a day? A day? Yeah. I would pick a Saturday. Okay. You wouldn't pick, say, I don't know, New Year's Eve, possibly? Oh, New okay. Year's? So, okay, a date. Okay. So it's it New Year's Eve. It was 1994. 
Now you need a big location because it's a beach concert. So you can only fit, I mean, like the amount of people you have is dependent on, so like a, a, a Bay concert or a Kenny Chesney small, like it can be only as big as the beach that you're having it on, essentially. Exactly. So do you want to take a guess on, and it's not Kenny Chesney, but what beach do you think on New Year's Eve would throw a heck of a party and be able to fit 4.2 million people. 4.2 million people. Uh, I don't know if in the U.S. there will be something that wide, but maybe in Australia. Okay, you're, you're thinking on the right track. It is not in the U.S. Not in the U.S. Ooh, uh, I don't know. Austra right. I'm going to go with Australia because they like to party. All right, it was Copacabana Beach, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. If you guys have ever seen Copa, it's just one long beach, and it's pretty wide, and it's set up for stuff like this because the beach culture in Brazil is, is pretty serious. And uh, the artist was Rod Stewart. It was 1990. Really? Rod Stewart, Copacabana, 4.2 million people, New Year's Eve. I hope you guys had a fantastic time. Uh, Kind of taking our insights and the fun stuff that we picked that we thought was cool about the beach and uh guys i hope you had a fantastic summer i hope you have a fantastic next summer if you're watching us in australia you're about to start your summer now i really hope you have a fantastic summer and uh we'll and in copacabana together. too <laughs> also is about to be summer uh thanks for joining us guys we really appreciate it and uh we'll see you next time bye